I'm a true to green. You might know me from things like The Frequency, The Tower of London, and Live Journal. Welcome to the Intruder Green Podcast. Um, yeah, it's, uh, what is the day today? We gotta do this now every time. Uh, it's the 8th of July, and, uh, uh, yeah. So, we just passed the 4th of July weekend. Um, normally, I would say I'm really stoked on the 4th of July, because you get to light off fucking fireworks and go, like, maybe cook out in the park or some shit and get real drunk. And, uh, you know, I know that's, like, some people find that real annoying, especially the fireworks part. Uh, and I totally understand where people are coming from uh, with that. But I think a wise man once said, uh, the only thing more fun than getting drunk and playing with fireworks is getting drunk and playing with firearms. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, like I'm not a big, uh, a, what do you call it, NRA advocate. I think uh, that that, that uh, lobbyist group or whatever is kind of fucked up. Yeah, well, actually not kind of fucked up. <laughs> They're totally fucked up. But. I would say there is like something fun about like blowing stuff up and uh, a holiday that kind of like that's the main thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not the point. You know, the point is to celebrate like whatever. It's like Freedom Day for America, uh, the nation's independence uh, and, and all that. But, uh, you know, the, the, that's the main thing. Way, the way people celebrate is to get drunk and like blow shit up. So anyway, that's lots of fun. Uh, and I understand though, where people are coming from on the other side of it, where they're like, uh, you know, PTSD, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Uh, I would like to think that you could find some middle ground there and be like, well, maybe don't start setting off fireworks like weeks before the fucking, uh, day and everything. Um, and you know, there's the other issue of people's pets, but I don't know. I know a lot of people who have pets that don't have a problem with it too. So. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 like fucking uh, maybe I don't know. Don't have pets. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, pets are great, and uh, I hope that your, your your cats and dogs aren't going too nuts. Didn't go too nuts over the weekend. Um, I don't got an answer for this one. I just like blowing stuff up, but I also like uh animals. So anyway, uh, I didn't really uh, do anything this year though because uh. I don't know. I don't want to say, like, fuck America right now, but America's real fucked up, and I, I honestly, like, I didn't get on, like, a soap crate or anything about it, but I feel like uh, it was a good year to sort of uh, take a pass on celebrating the 4th of July, because, you know, there's just a lot of fucked up shit going on right now. Um, a lot of idiots with the fucking, uh, I don't want to wear a mask, and um, fucking privileged motherfuckers out there doing that shit and uh you know now obviously we talked about this before the uh pandemic is still you know fucking everything up in america where it's getting better in a lot of other places because they did it right and uh i don't know you had too many fucking crybabies there in america just being like oh it's uncomfortable i don't want to do it my fucking uh comfort is matters more than your uh safety so, uh, you know, I feel like that's the same thing with fucking gun ownership. It's like, I don't, my fucking, uh, right to own a, to feel comfortable owning a gun is more important than your safety. It seems like that's kind of what it always comes down to. Like my convenience is more important than your, uh, safety. Or even it's, it's like a comfort thing too. It's all about comfort. It's like my comfort. I feel comfortable when I have a gun. So, uh, you don't feel comfortable when I have a gun, but my comfort matters more than yours somehow. 
You know, that's the way it kind of always pans out. So um, anyway, yeah, I didn't uh, do nothing for Fourth of July this year. I promise if uh, things turn around uh, by next year, I will celebrate extra hard because I really do love the holiday. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys do? You do anything special? You uh, maybe get out and do some extra hard protesting? Uh, maybe tear some statues down? That's another thing with these statues. Um, I think, uh, oh yeah, it was uh, the Frederick Douglass statue uh, got torn down. And, you know, he was a black abolitionist. And uh, that's that was kind of fucked up because, like, you know, now you got all these uh, right wingers out there saying, like, "Oh, look, they don't—they're just going crazy." The 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 Antifa and the Black Lives Matter people are like tearing everything down, and they don't even like have any sense about them. But I gotta say, <laughs> I mean, that could be true. It could have just been like some fucking assholes who were like, "Hey, we're tearing shit down, right? There's something to tear down. Let's do it." But I gotta say, like. When you see a lot of these videos of people, uh, you know, tearing shit down, this one uh, seems a little suspicious to me. Uh, and that's coming from somebody who knows a lot about suspicion. All right. And suspicious characters and stuff, you know, allegedly, whatever. Uh, you know, it, it's like uh, lots of times when you see these statues coming down, it's always filmed. There's always a big crowd doing it. And it's like being celebrated as it's happening. This one, that didn't happen. Um, you know, they didn't catch the people who did it. Uh, it doesn't seem like any there were any witnesses. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, even it's weird. It, this one's, uh, it, it seems fishy to me because like, why would they tear that one down? It's like the same thing. They're like saying that, oh, Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement tried to tear down a statue of Abraham Lincoln. But that was a fucked up statue. It's like one uh, where like, there's a, there's a black guy kneeling down in front of Lincoln, and it's just like, I don't know. It, it seems like that one's always been pretty problematic because it kind of is like, it, it disgraces like even Lincoln's name. So I could see that one. Uh, people wanted to remove that one because it's just kind of like misses the whole fucking point of why we celebrate uh, Abraham Lincoln. But, uh, you know, I don't think anybody was even trying to tear that one down. They were just trying to get it like removed because... As much as it's a shitty statue, it's also a Lincoln statue. And everybody loves that guy. So anyway, uh, yeah, this whole Frederick Douglass thing, though, uh, seems real fishy to me. Uh, I would like to see if anything uh, comes of it in the future as far as them, as far as like the authorities finding uh, who is responsible. <laughs> because, you know, I think even uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted about it. Actually, that might have been fake. I'm not sure. You know, it's hard to tell these days. With the uh, fucking, all the shit that fucking people are posting. Um, saying, oh, this is disgusting that they tore this statue down. And I'll be like, yeah, that is disgusting. All right. He's finally coming around to the, like, not racist shit. Like the rest of his fucking family, apparently. Um, but I don't think that was the case. I think they're trying to pin it on, uh, you know, Antifa. And uh, I don't think that Antifa was uh, behind it. Uh, honestly, I think it was probably done by... Uh, some kind of like white supremacist organization or maybe just some assholes who probably sympathize with white supremacists or are white supremacists just less organized whatever uh, I would say considering it was done on the date of his speech was that July 4th I don't know it was over the weekend um, I don't have all the info in front of me uh, Frederick Douglass probably wouldn't even be talking about him 
uh, if if not for this statue thing. But it was an important figure, and uh, you should go Google it. <laughs> All right, buy Google on it, <laughs> whatever. Um, anyway, I just want to little get a little bit of the uh, whole uh, thing out there because uh, this is a punk rock podcast, and we got to talk about those issues. Um, but anyway, uh, on this episode of the podcast, we got Beebs, and she is oh man, she is the raddest chick ever. She uh, we I met her on uh, the Warp Tour when the Mass Intruder was on that back when bands used to tour and everything. Uh, met so many cool people on that tour, and uh, I don't know, it was weird. Like we didn't really hang out that much but we were always just kind of around uh acknowledging each other watching each other play and stuff and she was a cool chick and uh, we we definitely talked a few times but like uh it was awesome to uh actually get to catch up with her and um get to know her a little better uh and some of the cool stuff that she's getting into uh we'll talk about that like the sidewalk project and everything um yeah, I would fucking, I, I hope that like one, when, when I can, when we can travel again and I can go like down to LA, I would definitely fucking call up Beebs and like hang out because she's cool as hell. So, uh, I got to give a shout out to the producers of the podcast, Luke Ellis, Hedda Royston, Gem City Sabrina, Vaughn Cotton, Sarah Koenig, Chelsea McNally, Cardboard Boss Colony, and Carlos Hernandez. Thanks again, guys, for uh, making this all possible. Uh, if you want to be Come a uh, producer of the podcast. You can hit me up on a Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com slash intruder green. Uh, you can help me keep this going and uh, help, help me do other things too. I would love to be able to like make more content for you guys, but you know, <laughs> I got to do other things to, to make money. So, uh, you know, the more money I make doing this stuff, uh, with you guys help the, 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 the more I can actually do. And I would love to keep doing more and more because, you know, crime is cool and everything, but it's it's not as cool as uh, making music and uh, podcasts and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, hit me up on there. You can you can just do it as for as little as a dollar a month or whatever. Or like, you know, like I always say, fuck a million dollars a month if you got it. All right. Fucking call Jeff Bezos. All right. Uh, anyway, if you want to get a hold of me on, uh, leave a voicemail on a call in line, it's plus one, six, oh, eight, five, three, five, nine, six, oh, eight. And, uh, you know, otherwise I'm also on, uh, all the, all the social medias. Hopefully we'll do another cocktail hour one of these days. I don't want, I fell off with that, but that's just one of the things. Like, I wish I could do that, uh, more often, but I got other shit to do now. I got to make money, you know? So, uh, hopefully we can get back into that though. Cause it's a lot of fun. And I like hanging out with you guys and answering questions online in real time and everything. And uh, I'm going to try to uh, put 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 my head to the desk. I don't know. Fucking some kind of analogy about thinking about stuff uh, over like making more Patreon uh, stuff for you guys. Because, you know, like uh, a lot of you, the, the the people that are there have been there for a long time now. And I want to want to do some more stuff for you guys. But believe it to be true that all of the stuff that I do as far as the social medias and content and stuff is totally made possible by uh, the Patreon, uh, the, the producers of the podcast. Uh, they're also the producers of all the stuff that I do. Uh, the, 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 and, you know, we get the uh, a little bit of money from the uh, sponsors of the show. Uh, right now it's stupidredmerch.com and Yeah Man's Guitars. And uh, they're great. I love... Uh, Sam and Michael, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's only a little bit, little, little tiny piece of the pie there. I gotta have a whole pie, you know, let's, uh, let's bake a pie. All right. I'm hungry. All right. 
Uh, anyway, uh, get done with this intro now, and uh, without further ado, I'm with the show. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from Intruder Green, an inmate at the Neural Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. Ladies and gentlemen, Beebs on the Intruder Green Podcast. All right. How you doing, lady? Oh, That's I'm right. great. Dude. Just hearing your voice makes me happy. Ah, so. just hearing your voice makes me happy. You know, it's like, uh, fucking takes me back. What What was it, 2016 that we were on the Warp Tour together? Oh, yeah. Was it 20? Maybe. Mm, I don't know. I have no idea. Warp Tour, like all the years <laughs> I did Warp Tour just blended oh. into one giant Oh, yeah. You day, did it a lot, basically. huh? Yeah, yeah. I was telling someone the other day, it's like Warp Tour. Someone was like, Oh, you did, you know, five years of Warp Tour. I was like, Yeah, they're like, What was it like? I was like, Well, if you know, you see, there's so many people on the tour and everyone just waves at each other and like you have lunch with people, but you don't really know everyone's name, but you run into someone that looks familiar later on the road. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, you look familiar. Where do I know you from? They're like, Oh, I was on Warp Tour, you know, like that's right uh, 20, 2012 and then you just hug each other like you were in a war together <laughs> it, it, it is kind of like that it's a crazy experience because especially because yeah you like you said there's just so many people and it's like some of them you might hang out with somebody for a day but then it's like a month later you're still on the tour and it's like oh yeah i hung out with that person once that was a long time oh, yeah. ago and we're still on the same <laughs> tour you know and it's like, yeah, it's such, it's a crazy, crazy fucking situation. Like, you know, even after b- touring for as long as I have, which is a long time, um, the Warp Tour is definitely a special thing. Like, or it's probably anything like like a touring festival, but that's like kind of really the only one for punk rock and like ska and shit. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I tell Kevin Lyman, I'm like, bro. In my opinion, you made the best, like, you made the best art installation of all time because oh, you yeah. got fans and musicians to agree to be in the hottest parking lots in the dead heat of summer, all in the name of art. That's pretty badass. Like, oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What have <laughs> you been up to, Green? Oh, I've been hanging out, you know, making uh, videos for the social medias and like uh, doing this thing where I talk to people. And record it and put it on the internet and uh, try to fucking, uh, you know, get people to pay me money for it. And, uh, you know, that's going. I, I really enjoyed your tuna um, tutorial. Yeah. For how to make tuna salad. That's right. <laughs> fucking A. People got to know the basics, you know. It's like I'm trying to I would like to cook more complex things, but I'm like trying to hold a camera and fucking cook with one hand and then like sometimes i set up a camera but then it's like i gotta make sure i'm in the frame i don't got a camera person to like you know move around me i gotta move around a camera so it's a pain in the ass to like do all this stuff so like i don't know once the quarantine is over and i can get together with my 
uh, my, uh, I don't even know what to call him. I call him my caterer because he, he, he does the catering for the podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, my buddy Matthew, like, uh, he, he, he came like out. Caterer. Yeah, that's right. I need a caterer for the you're podcast. You're very bougie for a burglar. You're very bougie. You have a caterer. <laughs> hey, it's because I'm a good burglar that I can be bougie. All right. <laughs> that's the I way you think. I love it, dude. I'm about that lowbrow bougie life. I like that's it. That's right. Why I'm not? I'm lowbrow bougie. Fucking, you know? he's got a caterer. He might he he might only be soon uh serving me tuna fish sandwiches, but he's gonna be a fucking caterer. You gotta you know like <laughs> he probably needs a job, so I give it to him. You know fucking egg. Gotta spread the wealth. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's right. I love it. Yeah. Wait, how long have you lived in Germany? You're like we're doing this podcast, but I'm in Germany, so I'm nine hours ahead of you. I'm like what? Yeah, You've that's right. Always lived in Germany. Well, I'm in Germany. You're not in Germany. You're in uh no. beautiful San Diego, right? San Diego. Oh, yes, man. I'm inside a whale's vagina, right? As we speak That's right, right. Now. Oh, I wish I could be in a whale's vagina. It's a beautiful <laughs> place to be. It's very roomy in here, I have to say. I, it's very yeah. spacious. I don't know how they get all those palm trees in there, but they fit. Well, whales are pretty big, so there's plenty of room for palm trees. That's right. Um, yeah, well, uh, so you're in the most beautiful place. Well, maybe not the most beautiful place in the world, but pro- pro- probably the most beautiful place in America. Um, I'm in Germany. And it's pretty tight here. Uh, I think people are reacting to the whole uh, quarantine situation a lot better than they are in other places. So that's nice. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the the cops are nicer here. I, I don't have to worry about getting shot whenever I, uh, you know, don't get away with a crime. So, uh, <laughs> you know. How, so question, like, you know... When Germany went into lockdown or quarantine mode or whatever, it was just like all of Germany. Or was it like here where here is really crazy because every state has their own rules. And then even past yeah. that, every county has their own rules. And like yeah. nobody knows what the fuck the protocols are. And it's kind of a show. Oh, yeah, I know. But I feel like every other country was just like, no, the whole country's on lockdown. Standardized protocol for everyone. Yeah. You know, I don't um, yeah, I remember uh, hearing from a buddy, uh, our, our merch guy, Dave, he was saying like, uh, I can't remember wh- where he is exactly. Uh, is he in St. Louis? I, I don't know. He bounces around a lot, so I'm not sure where he is right now. But he was saying that uh, they were doing county to county uh, where he is. And it was like some county, like the county he was in was just doing nothing. They were like, nah, fuck it. You go do whatever you want. <laughs> And he was freaking out because it's crazy. Yeah, but he was freaking out because he's got friends who are like, hey, you know, uh, we don't have to go to work because our jobs are canceled right now. But, uh, you know, we could still have house parties. So, like, we got nothing to do. Let's fucking hang out. He's like, dude, that's how you're going to get sick. Stop it. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Dude, I'm from Florida and that's straight Florida hurricane mentality. Oh, yeah. like growing up in Florida, you you deal with this mass panic every hurricane season where they tell you that you're all going to die. And then everyone goes and stocks up on a bunch of shit and fights in the store over water. And then ultimately, you just find the one friend that has a generator and you just go party at their house. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense in a hurricane. I th- I believe that to be true, except for the whole like yeah, for a hurricane that works, but it does not work. For yeah, a right. Minute. You're supposed to stay the fuck away from people. Um, oh, And I know oh. it sucks, but, but for Christ. Crying out loud. It's like, come on, you got to deal with this once every, you know, what, 60 years or something? I don't remember when. 100 years, probably more likely. I don't know. I don't know. I I have to say, though, like, 
you know, when this started coming up, they're like talking about SARS and Ebola. And I was like, I, I must've been on the road. I yeah. was definitely on the road, I think during those times. And I never heard shit about them. Like, well, that's know. because they didn't, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, when did that happen? I, well, I was totally not present for that. I remember when that happened, but SARS was like a long time ago. I feel like, uh, and, and you know, that shit was contained a lot easier. Um, because yeah. you know, it wasn't just like a, bacteria flying in the air kind of thing i don't know i'm not a fucking scientist i don't even know why i'm commenting on that shit but uh you know that's what i hear it's like they they fucking stopped it like a lot quicker than this where yeah. it was just I like mean, oh wait shit it's everywhere this is like the, i mean other than all of our gigs being canceled and uh, none of us knowing when we get to go back on out on the road yeah. aside, all that aside as a musician or any kind of creative who's an introvert, extrovert, this is awesome. Like, I'm like, shit, I don't have to see anyone. <laughs> I just want to be in my studio making art anyway. This that's is a great right. excuse. Like, that's you why gotta, I can't see it. Coronavirus. That's right. I think the best thing is to embrace it and, like, uh, you know, like, uh, fucking, this is the best time in the history of the world, probably, to, like, have, to be in this situation. Um, because yeah, okay. Uh, you know, you don't want the fucking economy to go to shit or whatever, but also I got views on that. It's like, all right, you got, you got, uh, well, I don't know, fucking Amazon or like Elon Musk or whatever. Fucking, why don't they just build a bunch of robots? So to like deliver the stuff to us and then they're already passing out these uh, stimulus checks or whatever in America. Just keep that shit yeah. going. So everybody constantly has enough money to like live on stuff and uh, maybe get a little barter system going, but it can all happen online. Like you just create shit and like be like, hey, here's a thing to keep you occupied. And now you give me something to keep me occupied. And then the robots just bring us stuff that our basic money that the government provides pays for. And then everybody's happy. And like, you don't have to go to work anymore. The robots do all the work. And uh, you just get, what do they call that? <laughs> the universal uh, basic income. Wait, That's what it is. Stimulus check? Wait, what? Is Germany giving out stimulus checks? What are they doing? Oh, no. They're not doing shit because their economy <laughs> is strong enough when all this started that they didn't have to do that. They actually uh, have a lot of, uh, you know, what, what do you call those uh, social programs for people who uh, are struggling? And, you know, honestly, way less people live paycheck to paycheck here. So uh, yeah, there's <laughs> that, that whole nice. thing. That sounds nice. I wonder what that's like. Right? I don't know. I mean, I like to think that I, I only do that because I'm a musician and a, you know, criminal. But I have a lot of <laughs> friends who aren't that have like regular jobs and they still live paycheck to paycheck. So I'm like, ah, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing the right thing. I don't know. Honestly, when this shit started, you know, I, I battled some, I battled depression and anxiety my whole life. And when oh, this yeah. shit started, I was like, oh, all my depression and anxiety just dissipated. I was like, oh, everyone's fucked. This is cool. All right. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. You know, like, uh, that's good that you can embrace it like that. I worry about like some people because, you know, uh, if you have that and you struggle with it, it could be real bad uh, being isolated and whatnot. But it's nice to hear that you were able to like kind of. <laughs> Look at the silver lining and just be like, hey, you know, everybody's going to feel like me now. It's cool. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up, I know. Oh, no, I think it's great. I, I love it. 
I mean, I just, I feel like I've seen so many great things happen here, you know, in America. It's like families are spending time together. The plant, you know, the water is clear, you know, in some places. Like, things, yeah. the planet's healing itself. Squirrels are taking over neighborhoods. Um, oh. You know, it's, it's not so bad. I found, I figured, I remembered the other part of my conspiracy theory. Uh, well, mm. which is still in the making. Like I, I still got some work to do on <laughs> this, but you know, um, I was talking to Kyle Kanane the other day and, uh, you know, he, he, his whole podcast is about conspiracy theories and stuff. Uh, or it used to be now he just like hangs out with, uh, his other comedian buddy. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so I got to make a conspiracy theory, a solid one out of all these things that I think should happen. And the other one is like the downfall of the oil industry that's happening. Like, all right, I guess we just need to like uh, say fuck them and, uh, you know, uh, get into that green energy, which I can fully endorse because the branding is just perfect for me. Yeah, it's so on brand for you. Well, that's what I said. I, I was, you know, I've been having these quarantine jams like my band, you know, we've been doing live streams and stuff. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Part of my, since I moved out to California, my band is like Norwood Fisher from Fishbone and uh, John Stewart and oh, this dude, J. O'Keefe. And yeah. Norwood was like, dude, did you hear oil crash? And I was like, sick. We should start using clean energy. We should have been doing that a long time ago. And then the right? guitar player's like, yeah, but Beebs, you don't understand all the things that are made out of petroleum, like plastic. And I go, yep, that's my point. Continue. <laughs> I think this is a good situation. Like, right. we don't need to be making shit out of plastic all the time. And we don't need to be running on fossil fuel. That's crazy. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. And And the thing is, it's like, well, okay, now we're getting into some real fucking political shit. But I just got to say, like, people bring that up. You know, that's like a talking point or whatever. And, and uh, you know, like, oh, you don't like the oil industry? What about all the other stuff that other than gasoline that's made out of oil? And I'm like, yeah, some of that stuff, uh, you know, we still need. I'm just saying we don't need all this other shit that we could do a different thing for. Like, okay. Vinyl records, I guess they're made out of oil. I fucking like those, and I would like to keep them. I do. But wouldn't it just get? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but okay, but like, uh, there's still gonna be a supply and demand situation for that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Well, vinyl records aren't killing sea turtles, you know. So maybe that's where the silver lining is. Like, well, yeah. it's vinyl records, you know. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And you're also kind of like, all right, maybe we're still like pulling oil out of ground. Actually, you know what? They can probably make it out of other shit. They just don't. Well, yeah, there's hemp. I mean, hemp is great. This is something I've learned throughout, not just since COVID, but my friend, who's an amazing violin player, shout out to Jesse Green. She's incredible uh, violinist. And oh, yeah. She's, she's really all about um, clean energy, and she's like really about that hemp life, building houses out of hemp. And she goes, did you know that hemp is, um, when hemp is mixed with lime, um, like as a building material, it's fire, it's fire retardant and, um, mold resistant and like really indestructible, you know? And she's like, there's only 20 houses in the United States that are made out of hemp because there's no hemp like there's no companies that build hemp blocks or hemp building materials you have to order it from like canada or south america or whatever and she's like i think we should make hemp now that weed's legal and getting legal we should make hemp farms so we can make building materials that's what we need to be you know in the beginning of the country 
everyone did hemp, you know, it was hemp right. for paper, hemp for clothes, hemp for all this stuff. And then I got bastardized. And yeah. now we use all this other shit that's super unhealthy. But I mean, I think it really just goes back to like hemp is pretty great. You can make everything with it pretty much, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they, they, they came to the promised land and they were like, what's all this green shit? I don't know, but it works really good for all this stuff. Wait, you can get high with it? Burn it all to the ground. Get rid of that shit. We don't like it. And then the hippies were like, wait, that's kind of cool. I like it because I get high. And they were like, no, that's bad, too. They're like, no, that's good. <laughs> you know, well, you I can fucking like build some tight movement. shit and have a good time doing it. Yeah, dude, you should be the spokesperson for the green movement. I mean, it was made. Yeah, for I've been thinking about that. Uh, you know, I don't smoke that much weed myself, but maybe I should no, start. <laughs> maybe you can learn how to make some some uh, green masks out of hemp or something. I don't know. Yeah. Find other applications. You Except know? if it was me doing it, I would just basically have a bunch of like weed leaves like wrapped around my face <laughs> with rubber bands <laughs> and it would look it would i would look very attractive yeah i like it i'd, I'd probably be attracted to you if you did that <laughs> thank you yeah but you would <laughs> probably just want to set me on fire and breathe me that'd be pretty cool like, Come here, green, i want to smoke you <laughs> hey all right um yeah uh so you were saying you got uh Guitar players, I bet you thought you were shit out of luck when it comes to finding your dream guitar or amp. You know, you go on some auction site or something, and it's all crap. <laughs> yeah, well that's because, you know, you gotta look in the right place. And the right place is Yeah Man's Vintage and Used Guitars. They got exactly what you're looking for. Now I know what you're thinking. Aren't they located in like Switzerland or something? Yeah man, they are. Burn Switzerland to be exact. But you know, you can, um... Get on the internet and you can go check out the website, yeahmansguitars.com, and uh, you can order stuff on there. So, uh, you know, it don't really matter where the heck you are in the world. You can just get on their website and uh, find all sorts of cool stuff that you're looking for. And you might not even know that you wanted it until you see it on there, and it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you got something specific you're looking for and need some help finding it, just hit up Yeahman Guitars on the electronic mail. That's the email. It's like 21st century, and you got email and websites. It's like amazing. Some people would call it magic. Some people would call it science. I just call it, I don't know, crazy shit. Uh, yeahmansguitars at gmail.com. As far as email goes, it's where you email them. And while you're at it, get your band a tour in Europe and stop by the shop. Michael and the rest of the crew would love to meet you, I'm sure. And you could tell them Green sent you. Yeah, man's vintage and used guitars. Thanks for listening to the Intruder Green Podcast. By now you probably heard about our sponsor, Stupid Rad Merch Company. And if you haven't, then listen up, because I gotta tell you, Stupid Rad Merch Company is a great web store with a bunch of your favorite bands at stupidradmerch.com. And if you're in a band and need some work done, they can get you totally covered for a modest price and super quick turnaround time. But don't just take it from me. Here's what the ladies from Bad Cop, Bad Cop had to say about it. Yeah, you know. with great ideas. It's always pushing, always moving. Simeon is delightful to work with. He's yeah. very responsive and professional. and It's the quality of the shirts. I like them. Yeah, high quality. High very, quality. Very well done. Very well done on the ink. It, it feels like a family again. Yeah. It feels like it's, it's a place where you can... You can Trust what's happening. And don't forget to use the code PRISON at checkout and get a 15% discount on all Stupid Red branded apparel. That's P-R-I-S-O-N, I think. I don't really know how to spell, but those are the letters they told me to say. StupidRedMerch.com Stupid Red Merch.
Gmail.com. Well, let's talk about your art first, actually. Let's get into that. What, you making some art. Make some art, you know? Yeah, well, but not like music, because music <laughs> is art, but you're making like, what, you painting or something? Yeah, I paint. I do visual art. Um, and I mean, you know, that's kind of, I come from theater, you know, I was a theater oh, yeah. kid. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, so, you know, making sets, I enjoy, even within my music, when I'm in the studio making music, I know it's a good song if I can already visualize the music video. Yeah. And then, you know, having, putting on a show, you know, outside of just playing music, I enjoy creating the aesthetics around the show and, oh, yeah. you know, doing all that I kind of stuff. I definitely noticed so that from from seeing your show, you know, it's always got like, there's a lot going on on stage. It's not just like, uh, you know, shoegaze or whatever. It's like, you're putting on a show, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you're putting you on, a, put on show a show, for show. I, mean, I, get, right. I get kind of annoyed with bands that, like, just, it's just, like, three dudes, and they just look like they rolled off the beach, and they just play the music. It's like, dude, I can listen to that at home. I want something I can't experience at home yeah. from the record. I want to see that live. That's you know? right. And uh, so, you know, just uh, just coming from that headspace, like, yeah, I've just been creating a lot of art. I'm working on a clothing line for... Um, Bootsy Collins right now. He's Holy a badass bass player. No, yeah. no, Bootsy Collins is. He's, I mean, if you don't know who Bootsy Collins is, you should hit the unsubscribe button to this podcast right now. <laughs> I mean, just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please, please don't do that. Um, don't do that. We'll educate you. It's okay. Yeah. So In if fact, you don't know who Bootsy Collins is, he's like the most intergalactic person of all time. Hell yeah. And, he, uh, he was the he was the bass player for James Brown when he was 17. And then he went on to be in Parliament. And then he yeah. went on to have his own band, which is where Maceo Parker came from, the badass sax player. And um, yeah, so so I've been working on that and, you know, experimenting, painting on clothes and doing all this stuff. He's got a new record coming out in June, I think. Um, so. Yeah, I've just been staying creative in all facets, you know, and, and two, because I don't know when I'm going to go back out on the road. It's been a good way to supplement income and sell art and uh, make nice things for people to hang in their house, you know? Hell yeah. I would hang it out in my house, but I don't yeah. really have a house, but maybe something. I gotta, I, What's that? I got I to gotta send you some art. I need to make something green for you. Oh, shit. It, it costs a lot to send things over here, though. Maybe, uh, you know, we'll figure it out. I'll send you, you can print it out and hang it on your wall. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the internet. We'll use the internet to make it happen. That'd What's be cool. Internet. I used to hate the internet. Now I a little bit appreciate it. Yeah, I think everybody should appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like with my conspiracy theory, uh, maybe the internet factors in there somehow. Um, it's keeping us all connected. <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, It totally is. I didn't like it before because I felt like, you know, it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know, even in entertainment, too. And I yeah. feel like the well, pandemic made everyone in such a vulnerable <laughs> place. Even me, you know, like it's it's been a struggle for me the last few years making this new album. Yeah. And <laughs> I never did any <clears throat> like real interviews, even my whole time on Warped Tour. Like it was just stuck to the mythology of the band. I never talked about my personal life or anything that was like my barrier. and yeah. then it became a lot of pressure because I would get all these emails from kids, you know, the warp Tour kind of kids, like, I'm depressed. I want to kill myself. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, I just gave you everything I got. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. they think I'm a real superhero. Like, I'm not a real person with my own struggles, you know? And so I just started being more, 
you know, candid and open and honest and vulnerable. And my friend Stacy D of Bad Cop, shout out to her. She really oh, helps you. me like, you know, be unapologetic on, you know, being real honest and vulnerable. Hell yeah. And uh, and so it's been I found, you know, it's been great because now people don't think that I'm just this superhero cartoon character. They're like, Oh, you're a real person. You get depressed too? Oh, okay, cool. Like me too. All right, that's relatable. Like and it seems less pressure for me now. So, um, Hell you know, yeah. it's been, I, I went on cause right when this started, I've been working on this new album for a little over two years now, which is the longest I've ever taken to make music. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, what if no one hears this music? And it's all, you know, the most raw, honest shit I've ever made. And so I went on my Instagram live at like three o'clock in the morning and to 10 people. And I cried and played the whole album and <laughs> laughed with people, cried with people. I was like, wow, this is kind of cathartic. It's nice. Way nicer than just showing all the great things that are happening. You know, just being vulnerable and showing real human emotion, I think, is really powerful. Yeah. More powerful than people thinking that your life is perfect all the time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's amazing, and it's a nice way to uh, do like a a soft release of the album too. Like you just go yeah. play it live for everybody. <laughs> but like it was it was just you, right? Like just you you on guitar. No, I just played the album. I didn't even like do. Oh, anything. you I just played you, the album. Oh wow, yeah. Well, that's still yeah. a cool soft release. It's like uh, especially well, I mean, I guess people could record it from that, but they'd be like. Why? Because that's a shitty. Uh, they're gonna get a shitty like streaming version of it when they could just wait a little longer and get the real thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's cool to be like vulnerable and uh, tell people what you're really thinking. Um, which I always try to do. I always try to like bring that out in people. If people, uh, you know, I've even said before, like uh, I don't remember who the fuck did it. It might have been Ryan uh, from Over Their Heads. Cause he deals a lot with depression on his, on his, uh, podcast and, you know, basically off of the heads is like, I'm pretty sure every song it is, is about depression, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're into those guys, but, uh, yeah, he's, I remember, I remember them, but what are they emo or what was their, oh, thing? they're definitely not they? emo. They're, they're punk as fuck. But, uh, yeah, like all the songs are like about sad shit and, uh, dealing with it basically uh but the songs are fucking killer like i love the band um but yeah like what i was saying uh oh yeah so like uh i i put out the intruder green call in line uh plus one six oh eight uh five three five nine six oh eight for anybody who's listening and wants to know and one thing i said is uh you know like uh i can't necessarily take your call but if you bring up a fucking problem that you're having i will fucking call you back and text you and talk to you about it and uh yeah that's so beautiful green that's, that's a, so cute that's the thing we gotta do because but that's at, at the same time you're absolutely right where it's like fuck i don't have all the answers but it's important to like yeah. uh, talk to people and stay connected and shit yeah and just remember that you're not alone like life is a learning lesson for all of us and you know we all go through shit at different times and yeah. if you have someone to just bounce shit off of and i think that's the, the one thing i've learned about um depression a one thing is depression just breaks down to deep rest you know depressed means you need deep rest so first you have oh, to try yeah. to sleep <laughs> sleep it off and then um 
you know, just not holding it in, you know, sometimes your brain just, everyone has different coping mechanisms and sometimes your brain just can't get there. And I found that it's just really easy. It makes it much easier if I just tell my friend I'm feeling like shit without being judged, without, you know, oh, why do you feel, it doesn't matter why I feel like shit. Just, I feel like shit, my mind's spiraling, let me get it out and now I'm fine, you know? And I think a lot of people feel like they're alone or they're the only person that feels that way or you know, they're comparing their lives to other people on the internet. Like, none of us got this shit figured out. It's all a social experiment. <laughs> and we're all, um, we're all just having the human experience. And yeah, we have to be there for one another. And, and it's okay to not be okay. But it's also, you know, for me, even with my battles with, you know, anxiety, social anxiety, all the things, um, I found, you know, art making for me making happy, bright colored stuff, wearing bright colors and making songs that find a solution rather than focus on the problem is always what helps me get out of it. You know? Oh yeah. I hear that. Like, uh, you know, I used to have a lot of friends. Well, I still have a lot of friends who some of them are like, uh, you know, like Ryan Young from off of their heads. Like he sings a lot about the bad shit and it's like, that's how <laughs> he deals with it, you know? But I was always mm-hmm. more into like, uh, kind of like what you're saying with, uh, you know, making bright colored, uh, pictures and fucking, uh, Dealing with like, well, I don't like that other stuff, but this makes me happy. So let's see, uh, you know, let's jump down that rabbit hole. You know, like <laughs> fucking- let's go down that ride. That looks fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also was never. I somehow just missed the whole uh, genre of emo. Like growing up, I was a punk rock yeah. kid. Yeah, me too. And I grew up on like old country, like Willie Nelson, Patsy Cline, and oh, I listened yeah. a lot of Soul and Motown. But I just missed emo altogether. And it was a punk rock and hip hop for me, you know, as a teenager. And so when, when you're a punk rock kid and you're sad, you just go and take it out in the pit and you dance and you just go off and get it all out and you move yeah. on. Where I feel like emo, you're just like sitting around crying, just yeah, sitting right. in it. I never did that. I don't know. I just never experienced that, you know? Yeah, the closest I, I people do was oh yeah, the closest I got to emo was like uh what's that band the Crow band, Counting Crows yeah Counting Crows yeah are they emo I uh, no I they're they not emo but I feel like there's like a emo contingent that is like super stoked on them because they were like pre emo or something they were like oh right because they were like an indie grunge band. But they were like, all their songs just sound so like bummed out, man. And like, oh, shit, <laughs> shit. Fuck, oh, I don't know. Because like, yeah, their albums are depressing, but they're fucking good. Like, uh, I don't they're know. They're good. Well, yeah. I guess I do listen to emo, but I listen to prehistoric emo. Like Patsy Cline and Billie Holiday are pretty sad like songs. Like sometimes when I want to cry, I just blast Patsy Cline. Yeah. After, like as loud as I can. And yeah, I guess yeah, that, for sure. that is, it's not emo in the sense of like, you know. When emo was called emo, it's like more prehistoric emo, but yeah. Um, but for the most part, I just don't want to listen to if I'm in a bad space, I don't want to listen to something that's gonna continue perpetuate me being in a bad space, you know. I want to listen to like some funk and soul and something that's gonna bring me up and get me out of it, you know, absolutely. And uh, you know, like uh, make you want to dance around a little bit, maybe. Dancing is good for people too. Sadness, dude. That's a song. We should write that song, Dance in Your Sadness. Oh, yeah. That's a good title. That's the thing. You gotta <laughs> fucking come up with a title, and then you know the song you're gonna write. It's good you stuff. You make the song. Yeah. Real easy, kids. Anyone can make a song. You That's know? right. Um, 
Ah, oh, shit. What was it? Fuck. No, I got it. I still got it. Where is it? It's in my brain. <laughs> it's right. It's right there. It's right. No, I think I lost it. It's gone. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I had, I had something. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's okay, depression. we went down a lot of rabbit holes. I'm sorry for distracting you. Oh, yeah, no. You, you're supposed to distract me. That's the whole point. We're having a conversation. <laughs> and kids, you, you better listen up. Um, God, I wish I remembered what I was going to say. Anyway, uh, yeah. You got yeah, so you I, got the new... Wait, you have a new album? Or Yeah, I, I thought you said it was a new out. single. I'm very excited. Um, it's like been a journey. Because I'm used to making music with my band like i'll write a song yeah. or my guitar player these are my makers would write a riff and i make lyrics and we'd play that song out or we would just usually jam and then find a song and then we'd play that song out for like three months and then we would go record and i'd go right. record with the full band where now you know i'm this album i made a lot of the tracks with a bunch of different producers um one is a someone i met on warp tour from uh, red from red gold green I made a bunch of tracks with him and uh, and a few other people. So it, but because I'm working with producers who are used to making beats and I come from like live band world, I can't sit with that. You know, I'm like, oh, cool, we made the track out of the computer, but now I need to lay real instruments down. Like I'm not dealing with like synth horns or synth keys. Like I just call a badass who, you know, plays the B3 or you know, Norwood to lay bass down or whatever. So it was a long process because of that and just trying to line everyone's schedules up and get everyone a track. So it's a mix of, you know, us producing it and then having all these badass musicians on it. So super grateful to Norwood played on it and then Norwood brought in his friend, um, Scott Page, who's the sax player from Pink Floyd. He played on it. Oh, the yeah. next single has um the next single features G Love from G Love and Special Sauce. Oh wow! Uh, I uh, let's see. I one of my friends, Kayla from Tank of the Bangas, also wrote that the next single with me. I got some rappers on there, like uh, some of my favorite rappers on there too. It's just basically an accumulation of my whole music career. I just got all my friends to like, somehow be a part of this album, so I'm really excited for it. Um, you know, a little nervous because it's not. I think everyone from Warp Tour thinks that we're a ska band, but we were never, yeah. we were a funk band before we were a ska band. It was right. like, we were, I grew up in like the jam band scene and we weren't a jam band, but we did have some elements. Like I always had dope players and we played a lot of those hippie festivals. And then Kevin Lyman saw us and was like, oh, I think you guys are the next Dode Out. Come on Warp Tour. And that's how Warp <laughs> Tour happened. And I was like, okay. And also you're going to be on this TV show. I'm like, okay. And we started playing funk music those first couple of weeks of war our first Warp Tour. And we would get a crowd and then um, all the parents would be at our sets too. And they'd be grooving. Oh, and the yeah, kids would be like, sure. hey, my mom likes this. I'm out. And we'd like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so I was like, yo, you guys, I don't think funk works on Warp Tour. Like, uh, play some ska or something. I don't know. And it was just coincidental that, you know, I had gotten us sponsored by this company called Loudmouth Golf. They made all these crazy golf pants. And so they sent us a bunch of different pairs. And, you know, in my production, like, theater mind, I was like, what looks the most, um, what's the most bold from far away on stage? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. the checkerboard pattern. Yeah. You know, was out of the pants that they had sent us. And so, and then my girlfriend would make a bunch of my costumes, my girl, Michelle, um, to match the pants. But everyone was like, it just worked out. That first year of Warped Tour, it was like, we became friends with Real Big Fish. 
yeah. then they're like, oh, come sing with us. And I'm like, okay. And we're wearing checkerboard and then bands. And I was like, oh, you're a ska band now. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how it works. Like, you got horns, you got clean guitar, <laughs> and then you wear the checkered pants. And yeah, that makes you a ska <laughs> band, especially on the warp tour. It's a magical <laughs> thing. So basically, the, the warp tour turned you into a ska band. That's amazing. Yeah, actually, the Warp Tour turned us into a ska band, and uh, it was very. I mean, luckily, my friend, I have a friend. His name, my his name's Cooley Ranks. He has a band called the Pilfers out of Brooklyn. They're badass. And Fuck yeah, they! I, I saw them a long time ago. Holy shit! They're so dope. They're so dope. And uh, so Cooley was in town, and he was like, "Yo, come through House of Blues. We're playing with Real Big Fish." And this is right before Warp that first year of Warp Tour. And so I went. And uh, watched the show, and I was backstage, and he's like, "Oh, you know, meet Real Big Fish. You guys are going to be on tour together in a month." So I, because of him, I went into Warp Tour with at least like a couple of friends. Yeah. Because you know, you guys, Warp Tour is so much. I've been going to Warp Tour since I was twelve years old. You know, like I, oh, yeah. I grew up Me on too. discovering so many bands through Warp Tour and punk and ska and hip hop. You know, they there's always a hip hop element to Warp Tour. That's how I've discovered Cool Keith and. A bunch of other uh, Jurassic Five was that was the first time I saw them was that Warp Tour, and yeah. uh, and it was just so different. By the time I was on Warp Tour as an artist playing, um, it was a lot of emo, a lot of screamo. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, yeah. A lot of metal. So like we were like the weird kids on Warp Tour. Us, Real Big Fish, Red Gold Green. Like you yeah, know, it's you guys, funny like, how like anyone the... that had bright colors and like was like you know yeah. Like, it's funny how like the the pop punk and the ska bands are the weird parts of Warp Tour now. We're the bastards of Warp Tour, even though that's how they Warp Tour. That's how it got huge. <laughs> yeah. So it was a. Uh, I'm grateful to Cooley because if I didn't have, if he hadn't introduced introduced me to Real Big Fish, I would have gone in with no friends. <laughs> and and yeah. you know when you're wearing like the brightest colors and wearing like full theater costumes, um, all the cool quote-unquote cool bands that are wearing all black are not the quickest to like want to talk to you they're like who are these weirdos hell yeah so <laughs> i was grateful to be like when you guys were when we were out with you guys i was like oh a band that matches us this is sick yeah <laughs> absolutely you know like we, we like you guys we like to bring the party when we're on stage yeah. fucking eight what else are I we gonna bring do the party that's no, right nothing. we're gonna start a start a rager that's what you're supposed to do yeah and I was going to say, too, I remember the thing that I forgot before, um, and it's oh, about okay. dancing, um, because I feel like, uh, you know, it's like you were kind of saying before with, uh, you know, emo music. It's like, uh, you know, dancing is very therapeutic, and I think people should do it, and that's why you do it in punk rock, even though with punk rock, it's more like make, being running around in a circle pit or like, uh, you know, moshing or whatever. Um, and you know, with like funk or, you know, even ska, you're doing like real actual, like just moving your body and dancing. Um, mm. so I could see how, uh, it seems to me like certain genres are less therapeutic based on that ideology, because, you know, if you can't dance to it, you're probably not working it out as well. And if you're just sitting there with your thumb up your ass. What do you expect? <laughs> of course you're going to continue being depressed. <laughs> Fuck. Just get up and do something. You know, have you a good time. You got to dance that shit out. You got to dance it the fuck out. You do no, got to dance it the fuck out sometimes. You know, like uh, if you're not listening to something you can dance to, you're fucking up. I'm not going to say that 
I'm not going to say it's not good because like I listen to plenty of music that is like, I don't know how people can dance to this. Uh, maybe you could. Um, but you know, it's like still you gotta, if you're feeling fucked up, listen to something you can dance to. Even if it's like a slow dance, just fucking. Dude, I don't care if it's Baby Shark. Throw that shit on and throw yourself a dance party. That's like, right. Just, you know, like you just gotta, uh, you know, yeah, keeping your body active and in motion. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like, especially with like anxiety, you know, it's a, it's all energy. It's a lot of pent up energy and you don't know where to put it. And sometimes, you know, that happens definitely in quarantines. Like people have all this pent up energy. And, I mean, a dance party is the perfect way to get all that out. I guarantee you, if you're going through some gnarly anxiety and you just put on some tunes and start dancing your face off, that energy starts getting expelled and then the anxiety lessens a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the way to roll. I love it. That's the way. Yo, Green, we should start online dance parties. <laughs> I actually made a note that I kind of want to start it. doing that. I was uh, thinking about like a a dance off and I was going to actually ask you so I think we're on the same page with this um we should probably work out the details later because I don't think that would be too entertaining for a podcast but I like <laughs> that you said that because I was already thinking it and uh yeah we we got a we got a mind meld thing going here it's fucking magic 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 gathering. is happening across the other side of the world through the internet that's Thank right internet. the internet is magic <laughs> fuck science <laughs> All I need is magic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Also, Stacy and Stacy D, me and Stacy from Bad Cop, Bad Cop, um, work with an organization. Her and uh, our friend Soma started it called the Sidewalk Project, and we yeah, go down. Yeah, I wanted to ask um, you about houses. that. Yeah. Go yeah, on. we go down to different houseless communities. It started in Skid Row. And we just throw a party basically for our, you know, the people in the streets and we bring whatever resources we can. But the main objective is to get art and music available to to our, our family on the streets and um, just, you know, bring let people know we're here for you. We care. Like, get out your songs. There's a sidewalk project band and uh, always different musicians, depending on who's in town. But it's been really cool. So since COVID started, you know, obviously there's some uh, of the leaders of the community have been going down there to bring supplies, but we haven't been able to throw parties the way we, you know, the way we were. So Stacy and I started going live every Tuesday at uh, 3 p.m. Western or Western time, <laughs> 3 p.m. Pacific <laughs> yeah. time, 6 p.m. East Coast time. Uh, I don't know what that means for you. You got to do the math. I'm not very great at math, but Wait, um, there's. But There's we go on there every Tuesday and we talk about mental health. We talk about the things that we're, you know, doing to keep ourselves uplifted. We listen to what other people are going through. Some people, same thing as you're doing with the call line, you know, it's like a, a safe haven for like, if you're going through shit and you feel like you have no one to talk to, we're there for you. We can talk out problems. We don't have all the answers, but we know collectively that we can all get to the solutions if we just, you know, keep the conversation open and a safe place for people to talk about their vulnerabilities. So um, it's been really fun. We've been doing that every Tuesday um, this month because it's Mental Health Awareness Month, which is every day for me. But yeah. um, so you can tune into the Sidewalk Project's Instagram on Tuesdays, and that's where you'll find Stacy and I. Um, you know, talking about we last week we challenged each other to not to go without processed sugar for a week, oh, which Stacy did not do very well with, and I <laughs> barely made it. They set up a corn dog stand right behind my fucking house. Oh, We're two days wait. into no sugar. 
Lemonade is and corn sugar dogs. And corn dogs? Dude, I swear to God, they set up a hot dog on a stick stand right by like 10 feet from my house, right in the alley behind my house next to the American Legion. And um, yeah, two days into no sugar, they're like, come get lemonade and corn dogs. I'm like, I hate you guys. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, but you know, we're just doing social experiments on ourselves and, you know, trying different exercises, journaling and challenging each other to do things that are healthy, you know, mentally. And, you know, we challenge the community and then we report back the next week and figure out new things that we can experiment on ourselves. on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's amazing. And, and, and I love that. Uh, that's what the Sidebot project is. I've, I've seen posts about it, but I never really fully understood it. And uh, so yeah. I meant to ask you Soma about it, so I'm glad you brought it up. Soma, Soma Stacy, and Emily, who runs Punk Rock Paintbrushes, they yeah. started it. And the thing I love about it is that, well, now Cyber Project is officially a 501c3, and we're also recognized by the state of California as a harm reduction um, organization because we carry Narcan and do Narcan training and CPR oh, yeah. training for all of our volunteers. But there's no... I love it because there's no like religious or political agenda behind it. It's just a bunch of creatives who understand that we all live paycheck to paycheck most of the time. And, you know, we could be, <laughs> we could be in a situation and find ourselves houseless too. And we just, we think about, well, what, what if you're, there's so many creative people living on the streets with no tools for, for their creative outlet. Like they don't have a guitar or they don't have art supplies. And so that's kind of our main objective is to bring music and art into these communities to help people's mental health, you know? Because I think if I was living on the street and I didn't have any of my arts and crafts or a guitar to make songs, that would just beat me down. You're already beat down. You're in a gnarly situation. People are walking past you, ignoring you all day. And then you also don't have the tools that you might need to to create and so that's kind of the whole that is the premise of sidewalk project you know yeah uh, it's been cool it's it's really given me a lot of insight you know there's definitely been times where i've been like rushing to a gig and someone on the street has stopped me and i didn't really give them the time of day because i was in a hurry i was just like oh sorry i'm busy and i'm a musician i don't have any money and i, <laughs> I run to yeah. the show and uh what sidewalk projects really taught me is you don't have to have money to help someone just acknowledging another person, another human being's presence and asking them how their day is or just letting them get out how they're feeling is really powerful and costs no money, you know? And, uh, so now I, my friends probably all hate me. Like, I don't care where we are. If there's someone I'll be like, stop and talk to everyone. Hey, how you doing? You need water? Are you good? How you feeling today? You know, just, yeah. and I remember after I started working with sidewalk project, I was in Atlanta and I was, I just, went and seen a friend at the masquerade and I was coming outside of there and there was a lady in this like breezeway and literally probably 30 people you know were emptying or more were emptying out of this venue and they all walked by her never said hi never said anything never even she kept saying um excuse me excuse me no one even acknowledged her presence hmm. and I went by and I was like hey I'm sorry like I don't have any money um, to give you. I don't have any cash on me, but I just want to let you know I see you and give you a hug. And she just started crying. And she was like, I don't care that you don't have any money. You're the first person that even acknowledged that I was here. And that makes me feel better than anything that's else that's happened today. And it was in that moment that I was like, yeah, dude, the power of just acknowledgement, acknowledging another human being and not walking by them like they're a garbage can on the side of the road you know yeah. um it's super powerful and i love it you know it's it's 
it's really cool. It's I've had more dope jam sessions down in Skid Row, and it's so funny too. Like after we'll all go down there and we'll have these jam sessions, and there's some incredible vocalists and musicians that are living down there, and I'm I'll. I've probably given more people on Skid Row my phone number than anyone after a show. I never give anyone my phone oh, number wow. after a show when I'm on tour. But there's just this camaraderie that happens where all ego is is dissipated and we're just human beings having this experience together. No one's and with Sidewalk Project, you know, there's all walks of life. We have people from the trans community and LGBTQ and, you know, uh, black, Hispanic white whatever musicians like dominatrix people from you know former porn stars they're just all these people so it's the fringes of society helping the fringes of society helping the fringes of society and when we're down there no there's never been a time where anyone's been like said something to a trans person like oh what are you or question anyone's race or um their sexuality or whatever their job it's just people having a human experience together and it's such a beautiful feeling and it really you know grounds you and reminds you why we're here you know is to help one another and support one another not just help but that community the skid row community has helped me in more ways than i could even express gratitude for to them they've taught me so many things i've i've learned gotten a lot of insight there's always some oracle of a person down there that says the most profound thing to me and i'm like wow like thank you for that perspective thank you for that insight like thank you for bringing that to my life and um it's really cool so yeah Yeah. sidewalkproject.org is where you can find out more information about the sidewalk project and what we do and please do i you know i think uh you know what you were saying about uh well, people on the fringes is like people who are successful in uh, music uh, or any kind of artistic endeavor probably could easily have been people on the fringes. Uh, so it's important to like kind of represent that for the people who didn't don't have that and are still on the fringes. Totally. And not necessarily that all people who are on the fringes were supposed to be great artists or anything, but it's to me it's also like. When you're in a band, you know, people are like, oh, you got to treat it like a business. And it's, that does make sense in a certain aspect. Like, if you want to keep doing what you do long term, then you got to fucking, right. you have to be successful at it, right? You Like, you got to right. make money, you got to fucking sell fucking merch, you got to hustle and do all that shit. So it makes sense in, in a certain way that, like, the way to do that is to sort of cater to people who have money. And that's kind of uh-huh. like, you know, when people talk about selling out, it's like, what are you doing? You fucking like catering to rich, richest people possible by just making like albums for the pop charts and stuff. But not, and I, I like some pop music, but it's like, what about uh, catering to people who don't fucking get culture on a regular basis? Because uh, those people could have been you and they might go insane without it. Yeah, totally. I, I had some friends, I have some real crass, some crass dark friends, you know. Um, I'm an equal opportunity friend, you know, like uh, you can be from any perspective. As long as you have a good heart, I'll be your friend. We can we can <laughs> agree to disagree on things. It's fine. Yeah. But I have some friends who are really crass, like, oh, I can't believe you go and do that. Like, 
you know, there's pe- those people just have mental illness and are on drugs. And I go, dude, I work in the music industry. I know plenty of people with mental illness and are on drugs that live in houses. What does that have That's, to do with anything? Absolutely. You know I, mean? like, I, I think I, I think, think that should just deny you basic human rights. I think you know? I know like, a country that has a president who is mental illness and is on drugs. So yeah, like uh, I live yeah. in a huge white house. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean. It's, I, and it's, it's all perspective. You know, I think, um, I, as artists, I, I don't know, uh, it's not the most mentally stable lifestyle living on the road. Like that's a lot of, you know, what Stacy and I talk about, we battle, oh, yeah. you go and play shows and everyone's like yelling your name and you're like, yeah. And then you go back home and you're like trying to integrate into, um, whatever the regular agreed upon society is. And it's oh, really yeah. hard. And you're like, oh, I don't know who I am. What's going on. I'm not living in my fantasy world anymore. And, you know, and it's a struggle. So, and, and I think that's how a lot of people get to um, the conclusion of living on the fringes of society is that, well, this system just doesn't work for me. And I need to figure out my own thing. You know, there are people that live on the streets that enjoy the freedom of not having to answer to anyone. You know, there, there's a bunch of different reasons why people are down there or, some choose to be, some don't, you know, some, it's all across the board. So it's like, you can't sure. really go down there with any kind of judgment. You just got to go down there with open ears and an open heart and just have the experience and, you know, share a moment with people. Absolutely. And that's, it's very important. I, I, I um, thank you so much for uh, doing it. And uh, I don't know, are you trying to uh, branch? You, you're basically established in California or just in your area? I still have. Uh, are you talking about Sidewalk Project? Yeah. Um, well, Sidewalk Project started in Skid Row, but there's a bunch of different chapters. So basically on the website kind of gives you guidelines to, to how, of how to start your own Sidewalk Project. So we have people in, I think someone's doing one in the UK right now, in France. There's um, an Australian chapter called the Footpath Project. Um, there's people in all different states across um, the United States doing them. And si- since uh, the this situation started we've been having a lot of zoom meetings with like kind of the leaders of of every chapter you know um just trying Mm. to kind of stay on the same page and be cohesive because the main goal is you know a to be safe a to protect the community that was a big you know discussion that we had going into the situation we're in now was like how do we still support our street community and not cause them harm you know um so we we've, we've all sat on Zoom calls kind of trying to figure that out because what we were no, realizing at first was yeah we still wanted to go down there still get people supplies and food but if you don't do it in a certain way or make individual bags or individual packs you're actually creating crowds which could you know potentially be harmful to the community yeah. um and so we've all had to kind of use our own critical thinking and figuring out ways um that that we can help without hurting you know because sometimes you want to help so bad you actually hurt the situation more because you're not realizing what you're actually doing you know because you just want to help so yeah and that's important uh, to uh you know obviously to make a point of sorry yeah and i think in this time you know uh there's a lot of information being thrown at everyone all the time about the situation we're in and I think it's important to remember that at a certain point you absorb the information 
try to be as well-rounded in information as you can, and then put on your critical thinking cap and think for yourself about the best way to, you know, handle it for you and your family or, you know, uh, I think, I feel like critical thinking is a lost art form sometimes. You know? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Even, you know, like, uh, you know, it's, uh, obviously I, 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 I could bet that we both fall into a similar side of how, uh, we like to think about, I don't know, how certain leadership roles should be, uh, taken on and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, I know plenty of people who just ascribe to a certain, like, uh, you know, uh, talking points and stuff. And it's just like, well, don't just go with like what everybody's saying on one side of things, you know, like make up your own mind and decide maybe how you could affect, uh, the side that you like to like mm-hmm. even be more critical. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, that's what I've been encouraging everyone to do. It's like, I think this is a great time because because things are are forcefully more localized. Yeah. Uh, I think people have to rely on their communities now more than ever, you know. And instead of worrying about relying on one dude to fix the whole country's problems, which is a asinine request to begin with, you know, you yeah. have to focus on what resources are in my community you know you have a lot of people who are on a high horse about pollution or um you know whatever whatever their cause is but then they don't critical think past their meme that they posted they're like oh we need to save the ocean and then you're ordering a bunch of shit on amazon all day and you're in your quarantine full of plastic and creating more yeah, trash yeah, than is right. necessary and you're probably not even ordering shit you need anyway yeah, that's and true. i've been thinking about that in terms of america i think you know this is a, an awakening for everyone to th- or at least things i've been thinking about like even as far as merch goes for bands like how can i find a local seamstress to make shirts for me or how can i find you know, um, you know, or how can I create and make merch from from resources within my own community and support that instead of ordering? I mean, that's kind of how we got in this situation where America's like, oh, we don't have resources and factories to make the shit that we need right now because everything's outsourced to another country for the bottom dollar to make the biggest margins. Yeah, how you know? fucked up and, is it um, that you had to order masks from China? And everybody was like, but the virus <laughs> came from crazy. China. It's yeah. crazy to me. And so I'm like, you guys, you know, we need to stop focusing on all the problems and start focusing on solutions. You know, yeah. one thing, too, that we started right when this went down is I started growing a garden, a really dope garden, which a is great for my mental health because it's just nice every morning to like, oh, man, the. Uh, like I counted how many tomatoes were growing the other day. That's what I did. I sat outside and counted how many tomatoes were growing. Um, and I ate some radishes out of the garden. And, and it's like, you don't, things that you, especially being on tour or living the lifestyles that we do, you don't get to do. I'm like, this is dope. Like, you know, I get to eat fresh food out of my garden. A yeah. pack of seeds costs like $2. And I grew them from from you know from seeds and boom food now i have don't have to go to the grocery store as much for vegetables great you know what I mean? like Hell it was yeah. awesome and um you know i i've really been pushing that you know um we can focus on all these problems and we can point out all these things uh i can go down all the conspiracy holes but to me it's like just as pointless as arguing with someone about whether that 
earth is flat or spherical. It doesn't matter. I live here. What does it matter? <laughs> it doesn't matter how we got here. I'm here and I'm having the experience. So I'm not going to worry too much about the uh, intricacies of that, you know? Yeah, that's it's right. Like, I'm here. So let's be here. You know, we could talk about, oh, fucking government's fucking up and this fucking up. But great. You have to remember we're the people. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to support our communities? How, you know, like I'm going to buy. I'm going to try to buy fresh eggs from some, you know, so drop them off, drop the money outside, pick up the eggs. And so they go into the store or, you know, I think it was a good example when everyone started hand making masks. It was like all of a sudden everyone got to hone up on their sewing skills. You know, it's like, yeah, that was that's cool. It's cool to see people doing something with their time and contributing something beautiful to the world instead of just bitching all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or continuing to bitch, but like, uh, you know, also doing that. Yeah, you can bitch, but also do so. If you're going to bitch, at least c- contribute for everything you bitch about, contribute one thing, you know, and yeah. you'll see a better world, you know? Absolutely. Well, Biebs, I would love to keep talking to you forever, but I think we have to uh, call it quits at some point. But I got one more question for you, unless there's anything else you wanted to bring up. Uh, oh, I released a music video, a new music video a couple months ago. Um, for the first single off the album, it's called Wake Up and it features my friend Nico is who's like one of my favorite rappers in the world. And, um, so yeah, that's out. If anyone wants to check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Tight. That's it. Uh, where, uh, actually no, before, before we get to where people can find you, I got to ask you my final question. Crime stories. Crime stories. Crime stories. Do you got any? Crime I committed? Whatever. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, I, you want me to give you a crime story? Yeah. Oh man, I feel like how you said yeah was like you just called a one eight hundred a one nine hundred number, and I'm about to like really turn you on with a crime story. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <by now. laughs> I mean, I won't but, promise uh, you I won't be turned on, but story. that's not up to you. A cry- Wait, what? I don't know words. <laughs> Um, a crime story? I don't know. I hate getting in trouble. My dad whooped my ass a lot when I was a kid, and it made me scared to get in trouble. Well, that sounds like a crime story right there. You You obviously Hmm? what? I said I'm the exact opposite of you. I'm terrified of getting in trouble. Oh, yeah. Terrified. So you ain't got no, you never gotten into no trouble. That's fine. Oh, oh, yes, I did. I did. I did. Okay, I got one. Oh, shit. Uh, I used, when I was 19, I was a body piercer. And I also managed the tattoo shop that I worked at in Cocoa Beach. And at the time, um, we sold also sold pipes and bongs in the it was like kind of a tourist shop. It was in Cocoa Beach in a tourist area. And we also sold pipes and bongs and whatever else. So it's like summer, busy season, uh, the busiest season of the year. And I'm answering phones doing piercings doing paperwork doing tattoo paperwork like ordering doing orders it was you know crazy so this guy this older guy would come in and he would he was like kind of new but he was local and i'd always try to hook up the locals too anyway flash forward past busy season i'm sitting on the couch of the tattoo shop and a bunch of uh like a bunch of cops show up in like SWAT gear and oh, they're shit. like, uh, yeah, we have a warrant with your name on it and you're being arrested for the sale and manufacture of, um, drug paraphernalia. And 
they tried to charge me with selling a substance to defraud urine because the the older guy that was coming in for months while I, he was saying things like, oh, I need screen. Can, can you sell me some screens? I need screens so I don't suck up any hot seeds. But I wasn't like really listening to him because I was so busy. You know, I was just like, yeah, you need screens. Here you go. Here's some screens. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, oh, I need some. Um, can I get uh, some urine? Um, urine cleaner i need it so i can pass my probation test but i wasn't listening to you know oh, i wasn't really yeah. listening he's just like i need this okay here it is there you go so yeah it turns out he's an undercover cop and um they, this this was a time in florida when pipes and bongs are a very gray area of the law and oh, yeah. so i got handcuffed and shackled outside of the tattoo shop and taken to jail and they tried to charge me with a felony of substance to defraud urine and the sale and manufacture of drug paraphernalia. Shit. So what happened yeah. then? Uh, so then uh, my lawyer kind of freaked me out and was like, look, you know, you live in a conservative state and they could, you know, you got tattoos and you got piercings and they could just take one look at you in court and just be like, yeah, she's totally a piece of shit and <laughs> guilty. Um, or you can do voluntary probation, which means that you... I volunteer to do probation for a year and to submit drug tests. And then my record would be expunged. I would never be charged with anything and the record would, you know, it wouldn't exist. And so that's what I did. I did voluntary probation, which was really dope because um, dope. my mom had had a kidney transplant and I was already kind of interested in volunteering for the National Kidney Foundation. Yeah. And so I had to do a community service as part of this voluntary probation. So I decided to work with the National Kidney Foundation and the guy that ran that who has since passed away, but he became one of my greatest mentors and he was, I would go to surf expo, which is this big trade show in Orlando every year. And I would get that my job amazing. for the National Kidney Foundation was to get uh, sponsors for everybody uh, for the surf contest that they would use to raise money for, for the nonprofit. And that's how I met Sector 9 and bands and all these companies who eventually ended up sponsoring my band years later. And so it all worked out in the end. Holy shit. That sounds amazing. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that's how you dodge a lot of life of crime. Not that you were looking for a life of crime at that point, but, uh, you know, <laughs> turn it into something fucking great. Damn. Yeah, I really Basically, I'm not meant for jail. Like I cry. I was only there for 12 hours. I cried the whole time. The lady, the oh. officer that checked me in was like, girl, you need to quit crying or you're going to get fucked with in there. And I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I didn't do anything. Oh, like, shit. I'm kind of a little bitch. I don't think I'm cut out for jail. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of us. Uh, that's why we break out. All right. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. You're the only person that's ever got that story from me, so good call. Like, I right. forgot about that now. Yeah, that's good. Uh yeah, that was a tight story. Um I'm glad I'm glad we got that we got there. Um got there. Yeah. Uh so we should probably call it wrap it up here. Um but it was really good having you on uh the podcast and I hope we could do it again sometime. It was great chatting with you, Intruder Green, and we will we will touch base soon and get these dance parties going. Hell yeah. We're gonna definitely we're, we're gonna do something. Uh, I feel like uh, we 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 had enough good ideas brought up in this conversation that uh, we're gonna talk later and uh, figure some stuff out. Uh, where where can people find you on the internets and everything? On the interweb, um, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Beebs Money. It's like boobs but with ease. Beebs <laughs> Money, right. and uh, you can go to 
Beebsmusic.com has all my art and music links and music videos and uh, the Beebs Boutique lives there as well. And then Facebook is just Beebs, you know? Excellent. Well, again, it was a pleasure having you on. And uh, let's talk again soon. For sure. Thank you so much, Green. Hell yeah. And that's it for the Intruder Green Podcast. I want to thank Beebs again for being on it. It was a pleasure as always. You can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Intruder Green. The Intruder Green calling line is plus 1608-535-9608. Patreon.com slash Intruder Green if you want to become a producer of the show and all the other things that I do. Um, the Intruder Green podcast is produced by Colin Bennett, hair and makeup by Genevieve Smith, set design by Dylan Raymer, catering Matthew Hendershot, lighting, squeak lights, Rahway, New Jersey. Our theme song is Particles by Tightthrow. Oh, Billy. Woo!